Bam, what's up guys? We're live on Instagram. No one is fucking watching because I just turned it on. I could be like a YouTuber and I could be like, yeah, we're gonna wait for the chat to fill up, you know, before we really get it popping, get it cracking out here, you know what I'm saying? But I don't have time for that. So I'm gonna stand up with a microphone and I'm gonna show you guys. I'm gonna post it on our thing. You can come back and see it later. But I'm sure you guys all the stuff that is in that massive uh raffle pack that I told you we were gonna be sending out. Fucking some rags, upjet cup, polini, oil container. Oh man. A t-shirt from Titty Bats. A t-shirt from RipheadMonday.com. T-shirt from Second Stroke. An intake from Moped Money. A Moped Money shirt. Uh, Legion uh, Moped Monday Don't Puke at Rallies uh, Never Spaghetti shirt. Some Denver Rally shirt. A Christmas hoodie. Some coffee from our friends and Engine and Frame. Um, check them out. They do a podcast called Nar Talk. It's a really cool like Harley motorcycle podcast from Richmond. Uh, a little camera fidget spinner bearing jam from our homie Dewey. And then a box full of stickers and pins and stuff. I got. I'll just dump it out. Fuck it, right? I got a uh, a Tomos from Alexander. Alexander's little dog jam, some crank stickers. Get yourself a crank pipe. Shit's tight. Uh, some kitty bat stickers. Some Shima Collective speed pin. Um, I'm actually out of Moped Rich stuff, so you guys don't get a Moped Rich swag, but check him out. Uh, Lou's got a sick blog that he's doing. Mopeds are dangerous. Yeah, this is the pack that we were talking about last episode that's full of shit that we're going to raffle off. And if you win it, you better damn sure hook up your friends that are in your community. Except for that one guy who emailed me and said that no one else is in his community and he rides alone. So for him, he, I'll give him some stuff and then we'll, I don't know. If that dude was yeah, the dude we won. Yeah, we're giving away a bunch of stuff. That's just one raffle pack uh, we're going to send out for our last episode of the year. And our episode 60 raffle, that's the sixth raffle we've done since we started doing the podcast. We do one every 10 episodes. So if you don't know, every 10 episodes, Moped Monday Podcast does a free raffle. Sometimes it's got cool stuff. We've done uh, treats, gift cards, dose. Um, I don't know. We've done a bunch of cool shit. And yeah, let's get it going. Um, Random.org is what we're going to use for our raffle today. You guys, if you blew it, you blew it. Sorry. You had a fucking week to email us, Young Sherm, and to get on the podcast. So check out episode 60. It was fun. It was a good time. We chilled with Zach and some other friends from Swunk Squad and Rachel, who gave us our who gave us our awesome password, Young Sherm. Uh, let's see. We got, I don't know. Aaron's going some shit. Let me see here. Here's our spreadsheet. From all the contestants that signed up. Check it out. Check it out. We're at 26. Not bad. Not bad. Not the most we've had for a free raffle, but 26. It's respectable. Uh, it's respectable. You know what I'm saying, Andrew? I got Andrew on the phone, if you guys don't know. Um, I t- posted him on Instagram earlier today saying that he was going to be on the podcast with us. 
And he's... Yeah, I don't have any hot commentary for this raffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. This, uh, is, this is where you usually go and hide. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I got Andrew chilling on the phone, uh, taking up time while I do this. Like, you know, he's he's playing along. He's a good good buddy. Doesn't care. Oh man, dude, we just had a sick raff rally meeting for what what? Dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be time to tell you about it. All right, cool, 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 cool. Let me check it out again. We got twenty six <laughs> names. Twenty six. We're gonna go to random.org. I'm gonna refresh the page. So you guys know it's clean and clear. Refresh it again, clean and clear. And we're going one, double check one more time. 26, one to 26, bam. Refresh one last time, one to 26. I'm gonna do three prizes, cause we have two gift cards. Take that, two gift cards to Denny Cycle. Denny Cycle was one of the sponsors for the last episode. They are giving out two $30 gift cards to DennyCycles.com. So check out their website. They're another one of the part distributors. Like treats or like dose or like 77. Like Denny's legit, good shipping. They do a good job. Um, check them out. And, you know, I really want to thank them for helping us out and, you know, giving us cool shit to raffle off. So two $30 gift cards to Denny Cycles. Uh, first, yeah, we're going to do that. We're gonna, first one's going to be Denny Cycle. Second one's going to be Denny Cycle. And the third one's going to be this massive. Raffle pack. So generate. Bam. One. So yeah, that's it. One. Hit it again. 25. Ooh. And five. So boom, 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 boom. Nick, you're number one. You got a $30 gift card. Mo, which is rad because he just sent in his today. Sign up for the raffle today. So that shows you, man. Last minute. You might still win. Um, and five is Alex. So congrats, Nick and Mo. You guys got $30 gift cards coming. I'll send you your gift card code when I'm done with the show. And Alex, I will send you this massive package. And you better hook up all your friends and make sure you... Tell them where you got it from, because no one cares about us, unless you tell them to. <laughs> cool, that's it. I'm signing off this live thing. This shit's over with. Congrats to all the winners. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be doing this thing. So, later. Thanks for checking in and watching. Shit's live. I'll save it to the Instagram shit later. Alright, cool. We're out of here. Bye. Check out the episode tomorrow. Amen. It'll be on there. What? Is that like video? Yeah, I I video it live on Instagram so people know that it's like for real. Like I'm not like we're not like cheating or anything. Like these are it's a live raffle. The numbers are generated from the internet, like a random number generator. And yeah, you should uh, try and deep fake yourself. What was that? Deep fake. Yeah, I think you can do it to yourself. That's funny. Um, I'm gonna hit the intro music, and then we can get into our episode. AKA, AKA just me and you hanging out. Yeah, cool. Okay. Here we go. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. I don't know. Touch your flower. Is it moving? Like, no, feel free to up. So
Dude, so what's up, Andrew? Uh, also, bro, homie, fellow Black yeah. Black Club member. What's going uh, on, bro? A couple of oh yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, you you we have about a day left. I think actually, it's, we're still Black Black right now, but uh, it's about to turn twenty twenty, and Damn. like the pumpkin or some shit, we're we're gonna we're gonna switch up, dude. We're about to be Black Black for the fucking year. And I see uh, yeah. Dana just got this uh, sealed, like, Abyss VHS tape, which is which seems pretty wet-wet to me. I hope he fucking keeps that as a raffle prize. <laughs> Dude. It's been a while. Yeah, man, it's an old movie for sure. I don't, I don't even remember the whole, like, thing about it. Wet-wet. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely wet-wet. Uh, some deep-sea diving. Oh, it's fucking wet. Um, I couldn't, you know, go to Kyrgyz. Fan and call in like like some people, but uh, I am calling you from uh, a bathtub filled with water, and I'm in water right now. Oh, dude, so. that's sexy. We're like that. <laughs> get it wet, get it wet, dude. We just had a we just had our, our wet wet rally meeting actually, which was pretty good. We, uh, everyone showed up except for Nigel. He was MIA. We couldn't find him. Don't know what happened. He was over the house yesterday. And he was like, yo, man, I'm going to come through early tomorrow. I'm going to work on this, this two-speed manual sax. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll help you work on it. Come through. We left this bike here and everything. And then no one heard from him all day. So no Nigel in the mix. <laughs> He'll pop up out of nowhere, dude. He'll be back. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, dude. We had a good meeting. We, uh, we went over the uh, like estimated budget. For like all the shit we need, um, you know, we talked about some some pretty wild ideas that we're trying to do. Uh, we talked about some legal like laws as far as like jet skis and stuff go, um, and just like researching a couple bikes to jet skis we're trying to buy to like you know let people ride and raffle off and all sorts of craziness, man. It's gonna be gonna be interesting for sure to say the oh, least. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, it's going to be 4th of July weekend. Okay. And it's going to be at Lake Anna. That's our plan right now. And it's going to be tight. Lake Anna, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to probably end up doing like some crazy, like, you know, holiday, like, fireworks show, you know, out there too for all the vacationers. So we might get like a cool, like, free, like, uh, firework display, like, on top of the whole thing. Right. So I don't know, man. Should be should be rad. Got to like we still have to go out there and like scout some rides and really like put our eyes yeah. on like on the spot, you know. It's like it's not like Richmond, so we got to like take a little trip to get it done. Yeah, someone better make a snorkel with a pad. <laughs> Dude, funny, I, I'm not gonna. That'd be funny if just anyone made any kind of like floating device, like yo, like. This is like some uh, water world type event, dude. Bring your own like water toy. Like, make some shit happen. Like a Tomos attached to a paddle boat. I think I talked about that. Yeah, I think I talked to Conan about that. Like, using a Tomos to, like, propel the paddle boat propeller. That'd be interesting. Doable. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be doable. Dude, I found one for 100 bucks and I slept on it. I was super pissed. 
Like I was like, damn. <clears throat> like I just missed it, dude. I was like, yo, a hundred dollar paddle boat. Let me let me think about this for 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 a day, and it was gone the next day. I was like, damn, I slept. They caught me slipping oh, for sure. A hundred dollar moped paddle boat. That would have been weirder. But. Yeah, dude, I got <laughs> I got a garage full of mopeds right now, dude. I'm fucking stacked. I got way too many bikes. It's kind of getting ridiculous. Isn't it weird that I've been riding mopeds for like I don't know how many years, twelve years or something, and I've never helped do a rally? What? Well, when you I mean, you cooked the last rally we did. What did I do? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you guys I did the off. did the pork dinner and all that. Tacos, tacos. Yeah, tacos. Yeah. Which was good. I'll that was tacos. legit, dude. The food was good. Yeah, I mean, Aaron did it with me, so I guess I get fifty percent <laughs> half credit. <laughs> half credit. And it wasn't our cart, so we're down to like one third. Um, <laughs> Good. That's all good though, dude. So I don't know, man. Let's get into it, dude. Like I'm in the bathtub. Nah. I mean, nah. it could sound sexier. You light a candle in the background. No candles. Dang. I got. I a don't know. What? I got a candle going right now for you. So it's kind of. It's kind of like you, you do. Know. Yeah, yeah. I like to get a oh, nice candle cool. going in the in the studio room. So I got like you know it smells nice in here, especially when I had like a room full of dudes earlier. So. <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, you have a house. I yeah, I got I'm the like house now. You in a bathroom also. <laughs> Wait, are you naked? I could be. We could do this. We can make <laughs> this happen. And then we have then we definitely have to go live, dude. Put this on video. Like maybe put us like on split screen. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I just got some nice uh like lush like bath bombs. Like, ooh, dude, we could really set this off, dude. Make make it moody. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be a thing. It's like a, a e, like a quasi-E or G bath party. <laughs> or something. I think something. they used to do those in San Francisco. That's funny. Dude, so, I don't know, man. Like, I have known you for 10 years now, maybe? Nine? No, no, like seven years. Since, since, since I've been in Philly, pretty much. Okay, since, yeah, since Shred Shed. Because so I was right. like when, when I did the little like Sean Sean prescribed East Coast check out all these possible people so we can start up Black Black East. <laughs> so I like cruised around Baltimore and uh, Richmond and remember we got brunch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, seven years. Like, That's yeah, still a pretty good stretch, bro. But, like <laughs> I don't know. Even with all that time, like I've loosely heard like stories about you from when you live in San Francisco and like tree gang and like all this other little stuff. I was like, Oh yeah. Like we'd kind of talk about it, but I never have like super sat down with you and got like your whole like origin story, like how you got into mopeds and all that. So uh, why don't you just like introduce to yourself and like, kind of like tell me how you got into mopeds, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like a different world. Like when you move west to east, you know, like I, I mean, that's like why I joined Blackback because I moved east and I was like, no one knows who I am or what's going on. And I've been doing mm-hmm. this for like six years and what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of have, I, I think it's kind of funny because my like beginning thing is like the opposite of a lot of people where, uh, you know, I was dating a girl and she was in the creatures and I got into mopeds 
through her. Or she was like the enabler, you know? It's like, oftentimes it works the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, someone no one knows is like Monica. It's like not Romanian Monica, but other Monica. And like, I don't know, it's kind of, so I like, I moved to San Francisco. I like things with big wheels, but not scooters. And then I like looked on Craigslist and I found a, a Maxi or something. And I went out to the Sunset or Richmond or something in San Francisco and uh, like went to these like shady dudes' garage and they like let me ride the bike and like rode it around the block. And I felt like they were trying to scam me. So I felt kind of weird about it. It was like $450. Uh, and apparently those people were the treats, uh, and that was Benji, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, I just like didn't buy it, but I was being hustled. And then, so your first bike like, was from Benji, but you thought he was trying to hustle you. <laughs> basically. And then, um, you know, some months go by or whatever. And then I meet Monica and Monica's in the creatures. So then she's like, yeah, just go buy this one. It's like $300, you know? Um, and that was how it all started. And then I did that chip, chip, little thing where you like get in problem and you get like 10 bikes and then consumes all your time and money for a butt. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, survive that, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like a hard hole for people to dig out of, dude. Like when you, you get your first bike and it's like, all right, cool. This is fun. And then you get like a second bike. Like, Oh, well, I need like a second one. Like me and my friends can ride with me. And like, you know, one's broken. I got another one. And then I don't know how you go from like having two to having like 15. Like that's like a weird slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know where the money comes from either. I mean, I lived in like San Francisco and like worked three days a week and like somehow bought all these mopeds and like travel the world and you know, some, some sort of life. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, what you? What were you in San Francisco for? Like, originally, was it like school or something? I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Moved to Seattle. Didn't like Seattle. Moved to San Francisco. That was pretty cool. Uh, but it was just like you know, being in your twenties, and I didn't really do much there except mopeds and like travel. And uh, and then it started sucking at some point, and I left. But it was like a magical, weird, weird place and time, and. I don't know, hold, hold a special place for sure. But. Yeah. Well, what was like the San Francisco scene like back then? Like, what year was this? Like 2000, like... Oh, 2006, something like that. To 2000, I don't know, 10, something like that. Okay. It was uh, pretty cool. Well, so like, you know, my... Uh, we kind of had like a Romeo and Juliet thing, like at some point, like after I got into mopeds, I was like kind of not into the creatures per se. And then I like kept like kind of talking to Benji randomly and like he would sell pipes out of his like back alley and, uh, you know, started like having tea, tea times and like, you know, just hang out in Benji's room and drink tea and then kind of got like inundated and, in cheat land at some point, uh, in like the early days. Um, where's the old that ch- was like, and the old shop was like, that's, still that's in all the NSF? Stuff that no one knows in. Huh? Like old shop was like NSF. 
Yeah, there, this was like before the shop. Oh, like before the shop. This was a bedroom, bedroom days. Which, like, I don't even know. This is like all the stuff I think, like, most people don't know about, right? Like, yeah. Like, there's don't... a treats gang? Like, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember hearing about that. Because, like, I remember, like, uh, fucking, uh, people just talking about, like, Benji, like, showing up at your house, like, like self-delivering parts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You, you would always just meet people in the alley for the most part, like sell pipes in the yeah. alleyway. <laughs> and he used to like hustle selling his cameras and stuff and like drink a lot of opium tea. And, you know, <laughs> 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 it, was, it was pretty good. But yeah, that was like my foray into Mopeds was kind of finding my way in that world. What was your first, um, what was the first bike that you ended up getting? It was a Mac two speed, uh, the olive green one. Mm. So right, and then I got a Magnum. Of course, I mean that's super San Francisco, dude. You gotta have like a mini mag. Oh yeah, I mean there's tons of them there, but like yeah, Chase also was like originally everyone had a Magnum at some point. Benji got like fifteen of them or something, and just like everyone had a Magnum, man. It was interesting. And that was like pre-me. That was like OG treat stuff. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> kind of cool. Mm. I feel like it's like a mythology at this point, but maybe it's just in my mind. <laughs> no, it kind of is, though, because it's like, Trees is like this big, like, umbrella, like, you know, super parts distributor store now, but it's like, not many people know about how it really started, unless you were like out there and like, been in it like for a long time you know like i've been in mopeds for a lo- long time and i still like barely know half the stories like if 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 even a quarter of them you know yeah yeah pretty cool i mean like treats was part of the creatures originally and it was like a falling out winter group thing i feel um, like that's kind of how like mlm was like too it's like i feel like mlm was like oh well it was a club and then it was like well i don't want to have my club and tangled with my business and like they kind of like split oh yeah yeah i guess that's the thing um, which makes sense you know if you don't you don't want, like if you're trying to like separate yourself and have this business you don't want it to like be tied to like like i don't know a club or a gang or like you know whatever you want to call it you know yeah i mean but that's not fun <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I guess if we're going to talk about, you know, San Francisco at this point, we should probably call my, uh, my guest. Oh, your special guest. Okay. So full disclosure, I was like, yo, Grasso was like, I'm setting up the podcast. I'm like, yo dude, Grasso, like, let's talk to you. Like you got some funny stories. We can talk about fucking like the taco cart and like treat gang and like, you know, some old school moped shit. And then, uh, and then he was like, Ooh, well I have like a special friend that like to call and I'm like, Oh yeah, fine. Like I'm kind of intrigued now. I'm like into the surprise. Like, I don't want to know who it is. Let's do this. But then I was like, well, we should probably set this up like on a three way call. So I can just call him through my like podcast setup. So it's like, sounds the same or whatever. So I had him send me the number and I'm like, all right, cool. I got the number. I put in my phone and I went to like save the contact. And I was like, Oh, this contact's already in my <laughs> phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good, so uh, less a surprise, I had a few, but I had a few but 
this is the one that worked out. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll, I'll tell him that. Yeah, and he knows like we're gonna call and shit. Like, I guess. So he's in the Cincinnati right now. Oh, okay. Well, East Coast stay. Um, but he's like a good uh, balance to the the old storytelling, etc. Um, and then Sue Thomas. I was trying to get him to have a secret guest of his own, and we could just go down a rabbit hole of guests on guests on guests, and like <laughs> forget who's hosting the show. Dude, we actually did that recently with um with just like the the club. Like, uh, I got a call from Nigel, who was on the phone with like Andy or something, and we just like started calling everyone in black, black, and chaining these phone calls. We ended up having like fifteen people on one group call. You couldn't understand <laughs> anything anyone was saying. It was a mess. But they're just Nigel yelling. <laughs> it was just everyone yelling, dude. AJ was the one to do it. Was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, we're making a call to Mike Boyd, so you guys are filled in, which was actually on a podcast episode recently with the uh, the LA Moped Workshop. Moped Workshop LA, I mean. But yeah, let's call Mike up, dude. Yo. Bam. Merge calls. Here we go, Daddy. Yeah, there we go. All merged up, bud. Mike, what's going on, bro? Yeah. What's happening? It's me, you, and Grasso. Hell yeah, dude. What's up, man? You. So, uh, I guess I'll introduce you to my guest. (laughs) This is uh, Michael Boyd Williams of... uh, of creatures fame slash ACR fame slash black black. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, I think you're like probably like Moped Superstar, but th- at this point, you know. Just, I think we used to call those, we used to call them just, you know, gang whores because <laughs> you had no, no loyalty. <laughs> I don't know if you're quite, quite superstar. Not it's superstar, yeah. superstar. Take it, take it, run. Hollywood. Um, yeah, it's funny. So I was like, I was trying to think of people. I was like, who can I get to come on that can talk about old San Francisco, like treats and whatever kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Benji will come on. Everyone would like that. And then, yeah, you know, yeah, I'd love to get him on Benji. Yeah. He'll, and, like, he'll, never, was he'll never do it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Brandon, like Brandy, Commando Brando was God. another one. Dude, that would go so like, left field so fast. <laughs> we'd be talking about like living in the fucking woods and like fucking like technology like <laughs> and trying to infiltrate your brain and like dude you're going some wild tangent dude for sure yeah so i mean not to be not to be third best mike but you know yeah no yeah, yeah that's, that's totally fair that is totally fair <laughs> no it's funny because um, i was just i was thinking the other day about one of my first moped memories in san francisco and it's you and I had just, I had just met some of the creatures. I had just heard about Mopez. I had just like got a glimpse into the fact that there's a lifestyle that exists. And I was at the fucking movie theater on, I've forgotten like all of the San Francisco streets. I want to say it was called Vine, but I might be wrong. But there was a movie theater and I was coming out of a movie and there was a dude in like, Punked out looking clothing, and he had a silver magnum 
that he was like trying to start, like bump start. This my memory's kind of fuzzy. Uh, he had, like just unlocked it and was trying to like bump start it and must have like gotten, the throttle must have gotten stuck because mm-hmm. it revved way the fuck out and kind of just like launched <laughs> partially into the street without him on it <laughs> and he like kind of you know quickly ran around it it was like just on the ground like spinning its wheels and dude grabbed it jumped on it and just like tore off Dude, I, came to, I came to I was just like that is the weirdest shit I've ever seen but also it's like kind of cool and it's cool that I actually know that he had a pook magnum and that those are <laughs> who sought after bikes like I just learned this and I just saw this thing in San Francisco I love this city and that was you dude like that was like my first time I ever saw you just like we didn't know each other we didn't have any mutual friends at that time but I had just moved to San Francisco and like I said just had just heard about all this Look at shenanigans, and then I got caught my first glimpse of like what the daily struggle was like <laughs> with Lopez. Oh my god, I forgot about that. that, that yeah, so that was, funny. I think that was on Bandcamp. Dude, that's tight just because like we like we spent we we talked about last episode we had we we kind of got into this whole thing about like starting mopeds and like accidentally like having them have throttle stuck. So this was like yeah. we just talked about this last week. It's so funny. It's like it's happened to almost everyone. Like, oh, you start, you fired up some bike and something was broken and the throttle was stuck wide open and you find yourself like wrecked into the bed of someone's pickup truck or some shit. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. That's what yeah. happened to be in Gettysburg. Max, was, we were like in the restaurant parking lot and like Max was wheeling around the region. And I was like, man, I'm going to wheelie too. And I just like picked up my magnum and then the throttle slid out and it went full throttle and I just like flew into the wall and like maybe only like, two people even saw that happen and the bike was just standing on its butt yeah. and like yeah dude there's something to be yeah. said about mopeds just cause like I feel like out of all the two percent all like you know whatever the percentage is of people who ride two wheel vehicles like I say mopeds like have the highest ratio of just like wrecking like stupidly all the time <laughs> No, I agree. I think it's because you. I think it's because you walk away from the wreck so easily. So there's just like a higher because like you get in a couple motorcycle wrecks and you're sort of like, ugh, <laughs> 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 feels so great. Uh, that bone isn't healing anytime soon. But I've dude, I've laid down so many freaking mopeds and like just continue to do it because uh, yeah, I think I think it's because you can walk away from it so easily. Yeah. So, so Mike and I got to be like close because we were like, I mentioned the Romeo and Juliet thing, but like the time we both were getting or big into mopeds in San Francisco was like the heavy treats creature drama. And this is like the only case I know of like two gangs, like actually fighting and stuff regularly. Uh, and, and we always, we found ourselves as like the, the mediators and like kind of like the middle ground breaking up fight kind of people. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it kept happening. Uh, it kept happening where these fights would go out into the streets between random members of the two crews. And I'd run out there trying to, you know, mediate and break things up. Like don't fight. And I would turn around thinking somebody was coming at me and it was just Andrew doing the exact same thing. <laughs> like to the other party, like mirror image. Like we're both like trying to calm our folks down. <laughs> and that happened over and over again and yeah not even just in SF like uh, one of the most memorable ones was like the Late Bird Rally hey, yeah, yeah. What that happened? was like my first round 
That was your first rally? rally? I think my second rally. It was the second Late Birds rally. God, it's so so funny to think of the second Late Birds rally, because that's so long ago, dude. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, too. Uh, Yeah, I don't even, I couldn't even pinpoint the year. Yeah. Like 2007, maybe? I don't know. No, it would be like 2009 or 10. No, 9? I don't know. Dude, what happened happened out there? uh, All right, I I guess, I don't know. I'll tell my story and then you you can see. So, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And then I'm like in there and I just see Oni just like run by me. And then I see someone else like chasing him and it's Graham. And uh, I guess they were just like hanging out talking or something. And so he just like sucker punched him and then kind of ran away. And then Graham was chasing after him. And then uh, like they go outside and Tony's on a bunch of drugs. I don't know what's going on with him. And then like I see Graham like run after him and I like shove Graham and like push him out of the way and then like tackle Graham and like bear hug him so he can't like attack Tony. And, uh, and then at some point, like, the cops get called. I don't really know what's going on. And I don't know. If, it wasn't really to the fight, necessarily. But then, like, Sony's, like, wandering around in a red cloak. And, like, lets the air out of a cop tire. <laughs> and then we get yeah. kicked out of the rally. So Treats gets kicked out of the whole rally. And, yeah. Yeah, Sony was, was this agent of chaos. It was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> it, it was one of the few rallies where both Treats and Creatures were there. And at that point, Creatures was like, it's the form that I knew it best. It was like Graham was the captain, and it had a really high membership rate. And whenever we went to rallies, we rolled in a really large crew. But a bunch of San Francisco drama had been happening prior to this rally. And I know that Graham and Benji like absolutely no longer care about this drama, so I'm not trying to resurface all the stuff. This is just like for the annals of history, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I was out back talking to Graham in the backyard of this warehouse place, and suddenly he just gets hit. Like it was so fast. Like it was so fast that some people thought Sony threw a bottle at him because it came out of like nowhere. It was like a very miniature version of that movie scene where like someone steps in the street and like the bus just like smacked him off the screen because it was just so damn fast. And it's like he was stunned for a second, and then we turn and we see Sony running like the opposite direction so graham like enraged is after him and what actually the way i remember it is graham actually so when he gets out graham's like bellowing running after this dude and the Lakers actually had one of their friends who was like a pretty strong guy and i think he was like former military acting as the bouncer for this warehouse space and that dude grabbed graham and like wrapped him up in his bear hug or like held him back and the people that got outside were Sean Newport and God, somebody else. I don't remember. But again, I could be wrong because my memory is not the greatest. But I remember it was mostly Sean Newport who we were trying to, <laughs> to fend off. Like I, I remember I remember going toe-to-toe with Newport, like hugging him and like holding him back so he doesn't swing more. And if I remember correctly, uh, basically... Andrew was doing the same thing to Stoney and to like maybe Brandon, who I think was there. But like maybe outside there was like some treats, you know, smoking or chilling outside. And so when it spilled out to the street, like I had the 
opportunity to get bigger. And both of us, like Andrew and I were both like, again, finding ourselves in this position of just like trying to calm down our own gang so that it didn't turn into some dumb little fight. Yeah. And I think, I think Sean punched Sony in the face. You are absolutely right. He did get a swing in. Because he got outside before I did. And he did. He gave Sony a black eye. Or one of them had a busted lip and one of them had a black eye between Graham and Sony. And then Graham broke Benji's finger. Oh, you did? Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, I think that's about <laughs> as far out of hand that it got uh, for all of the different beasts that happened between the two groups. Like, I think those relatively minor injuries were like the kind of the max that it ever boiled over to. Yeah. But I also think Andrew deserves a lot of credit and I deserve a little credit because we were just trying to make sure that the shit just didn't get too far out of hand. Like we're at a rally. Everyone's having a good time. Don't sucker punch someone, obviously, but also like, you know, don't, don't blow up the spot. Like don't have a huge fucking hissy fit fight out in front of this moped rally. And potentially get the cops called and it turned out they were getting called anyway but you know I think we were just trying to make everything copacetic as much as we could that's still like I remember uh, after that that's still probably the wildest shit that ever happened at a rally though like physically as far as like physical violence goes like I've never heard of like fist fights breaking out like at the moped rally that was like more than just like one person you know one person's beef with another yeah it's it's kind of antithetical to the the whole thing you know like i don't want to be part of like a tough guy club i'm not trying to ride a harley around with like a gun on my waist and like you know um, roids and like but, intimidate fools but you know you just joined black black and we are the toughest club in the army <laughs> let's get it yeah, so well, make, make it clear make it clear <laughs> well to be fully clear i i technically joined wet wet so. <laughs> perfect timing yeah i got my trident i'm ready for some action. <laughs> God. Yeah, so like this was, I think, this the first incident. But then there was like the there was the the 1977 dime situation, and that was the whole thing. And then like there, I don't know. One time we were at like I forget the name of the bar on 24th Street, and I remember Brandon was like ready, oh shit, and just like like I don't know, started something up with Graham or something like that. And then I ended up having to like tackle Graham in the bar, and then like we all got kicked out. And, like went onto the street again that place i think you were there forrest was there i think yeah, yeah i think that was at the attic for graham's birthday it was, it was starting to get weird yeah. where because you were on the treat side of things i was on the creature side of things it started to feel a little targeted like because like we were at the attic for graham's birthday so like the whole crew was there and all the mopeds are out front and <laughs> this is kind of what's funny is because like you can tell by the headlights these fucking gang <laughs> the stickers on there man you know the creatures are there which, like, I fucking actually love that weird aspect of that little rivalry because it's like, oh, who's Lopez out front? You know, it's like <laughs> a dumb 50s movie or something, but it was pretty, it was just pretty entertaining. But yeah, we were all yeah, there. Like, I would see Lopez in San Francisco at that point. Yeah, it was a huge scene. And it was, you know, the creatures definitely had, just in terms of like raw numbers, you know, there was like, 45 of us at one point or something like that. And these are like people that have mopeds that are riding them, not just honoraries and stuff. It was pretty, pretty out of control. But treat, you guys were like, I think like the max you guys, you guys kept it much smaller. Like you guys had like 10 maximum, 12. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Like that. 
I mean, there were all the old people that like were kind of around, but not really around. And then like there were like seven newer, less active people like Shaiwala and Brandon and so and everyone. So it was like Confuser, Brian, and then Eric, Sony, and uh, Ringo was around for a bit. And uh, Ringo's in LA now. Or, huh? Ringo's in LA now. Oh. Huh? I think yeah. Brandon's going there. He just said, also. Yeah, I'll try, to, I'll try to meet up with him. I've seen him a couple times when he's come through, but it's been a few years now. Dude, that's a whole like, yeah. hard situation to like, try to explain to some other people. Like, Richmond has a giant... like Richmond supposedly has a big moped scene. Like Everyone thinks we have a huge moped scene, just we have so many different clubs. But when you add us all up, it's not a lot of people. Like So when you talk about San Francisco's moped scene and talking about... like there being 40 active people in one city, it's, it's, it's kind of like hard to like, you know, believe. Cause like a lot of places don't have that. A lot of places are like, Oh, we got five moped riders. or we got 15, you know? So it's just Dude, crazy to hear about like, how big it was. Yeah. It was the perfect city for it. And it was the perfect time. Like, I don't know. I mean, everyone probably thinks that about their own young adulthood, but like I got in around like, 2007 2008 and like it sort of was like this big time in mopeds and there was a lot of shops around and 77 had just moved and like had a brick and mortar store in san francisco not to mention treats it had already been around but it had moved up from just being like out of benji's apartment so it was like the perfect city for it it's a tiny city so you know even though there's a ton of people there like square mileage it's fucking seven by seven or whatever so mopeds are perfect to get around and it's just kind of like, yeah, it, it just was like the perfect city and the perfect time. Plus like everyone was going through two hard times from like 2008 and like the collapse financially. So like mopeds made a lot of sense because they were super cheap and you could ride them around. But that was one of the reasons that it blew my mind so much when I learned about them is because, because the San Francisco scene was so big and it was only a little bit later that I found out that it actually wasn't like that other places that it kind of assumed like when I went like if I went to another rally like the gang would be as large but then I found out like no creatures is like a weird outlier and obviously like that those numbers didn't last forever like it was like a peak peak of 45 and it dropped off dropped off pretty quickly after that but man yeah yeah everyone knows about 1000 hipsters right (laughs) yeah that creature rally yeah I think I I feel like that's nationally known no. ridiculous. fill it in no? dude no. that's what we're here for man the podcast to tell people about these fucking stories that no one fucking uh, knows like you know people aren't gonna remember that shit yeah. like I don't know about it I was on the east coast rally, bro, uh, riding fixed gears I don't know <laughs> it must have been well, which rally was that it was either gender bender or ceremony but I want to say it was gender bender it's future rally gender bender and it was like, it was a news report. Uh, because we go across the Golden Gate Bridge, that was like one of the customs of, of San Francisco rallies. We traded off with uh, SAC, Sacramento, so we only did every other year. And so that gave us enough buffer where the police would sort of forget about it. And then, you know, that year would pop up and we would leave. And I think at Gender Bender, I think we had, it was one of the bigger rallies. Like, I know Whiskey Business 3 was like one of the all-time biggest but Gender Bender, I want to say it was like 300 people, which is a lot of people 
in San Francisco. And, you know, most of those people rode their moped across the Golden Gate Bridge, which is like totally not legal, kind of scary. Uh, definitely makes a statement. You know, like people commute across that bridge, you know, but also it's just, it's just like the main tourist attraction. So when there was 300 or so mopeds going across, like there was a news, I might be getting this so wrong, but I feel like <laughs> there was like a news article that was written up. And it, and it said like thousands of hipsters crossed the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, like and the was, headline yeah. on the TV. <laughs> yeah, because it was like a traffic announcement warning, but also like a like a local fluff piece. So like just to make it sensational, it was like thousands of hipsters. Because <laughs> <laughs> back in back in what like whenever that was, oh eight or nine, something. Like hipster was like the word. Now yeah. it's millennial. Like just so hipster was like hipster was the word to call anybody that like wore skinny jeans or like did something stupid like riding lopez. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of funny because yeah. like the scene out there is so big, and like when you talk about a three hundred person rally. Like it's the scene's so saturated now with so many rallies that like you never really you rarely see numbers hitting that high. It's like maybe a hundred people will be at a rally, maybe one fifty at a big one. So you're like, yeah, three hundred mopeds coming across the San Francisco Bridge is like a big deal, dude. And it kind of like I don't know, it makes you think like like you can see like where like this whole the whole like voting like blockage from like California kind of was taking place because there were so many mopeders like there were you know, on the West Coast. So, I don't know. It's just weird. It was yeah, a different weird. culture, like Moped Monday rides and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can split lanes legally in California, but all the rides the creatures ever did were go as fast as you can, don't wait for anyone if they break down. And, you know, the city's so small, like, if you break down, like, you just walk home or something. Like, it doesn't matter. And it would just be ripping around hills as fast as you can. Like, no holds barred. And that was like yeah, tr- what we started with, you know. Yeah, trying not to get hit by Chris Wong and his like wide ass handlebars as he drove like <laughs> a crazy person. Yeah, those rides yeah. are crazy. Like, yeah, and and West Coast all came up at once, or at least like the California part, like landscapes and creatures, and then followed by the late birds. It was like one, two, three, like one after the next. Year wise is when they got voted into MA, and so it was just natural that since we're so close geographically and like to share a lot of cultural elements that those three games would be like really close. And then that's when the whole like West coast voting block of that era kind of popped up because a lot of fucking people in the California cruise were also just like internet shitheads. <laughs> that was Dude. Do you remember cry Crifecta, That's right. Oh yeah. That's funny. The land squid, the creatures and who, it must the papers. Yeah. <laughs> Cry yeah. Yeah, there was um, some Yeah. It, do, were you a part of the one ride, uh the Golden So uh a few times every once in a while people would try and ride to Treasure Island, which is like between Oakland and San Francisco and the it was like a Monday ride. And so we it's like illegal because the highway or whatever. So we get on the highway and we're like going Treasure Island. And, you know, we get there or whatever, but I guess, like, they have cameras and cops saw. So we know there's a bunch of cops, like, trying to follow us, and we're literally on this little island. And so everyone just, like, hides out, and we, like, 
kind of ditch our bikes and like hide out behind like some wall and like wait for the cops to leave. And then we don't want to ride back because, you know, let us be waiting for us. So we like get people to get a van and drive the van and like load in people like a few at a time and like get back to the city. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I was not part of that. That's fucking dope. You're not afraid of that? <laughs> no, but it's, it's so crafty. It's like exactly how we did shit where it was just like, don't get caught. Like, we'll just break all the rules. It's fine. Just like, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the freedom of yeah. mopeds. It's like, I feel like compared to riding my motorcycle, I feel like when I'm on my motor, my, on my moped, I can literally do anything. I feel like the rules to the, of the road and sidewalks and cutting through paths and taking off road adventures, like, None of that affects me because I'm on a moped. Like, you look at me funny, I'm just going to start pedaling and act like I'm like I'm on a bicycle. Like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, dude, 100%. That's what, like, it kind of, that was, like, the last thing that kind of really drew me to it. Because in SF, what we would do is we'd ride, and as soon as it became inconvenient to, because we were motorized, like, if we needed to take a crosswalk or something, like, because traffic was so shitty, so we'd split lanes because that's legal. And mopeds are like the skinniest, best vehicle to split lanes in. And then if we got to it, because we're in a hurry, if we get to this section where like, oh, the pedestrian walk light sign is on going that way, but like, that's not green. Or like, we want to do some cutting move that you could do on a bike or like as a pedestrian, straight up, just kill your motor, jump on those pedals, take that move, like move, you know, left, right, get, get to the next spot you're going, boom, hit the switch, like you're back up motorized again, like keep going. Like, I love that about mopeds. Like, they're just made for, like, getting around every obstacle. Yeah, we used to ride on, like, pedestrian overpasses a lot there. Yeah. That was one of the main rides. Moped Monday rides, like, the pedestrian overpass and, like, sidewalk ride that we would have to do, like, late at night enough to make sure we didn't, like, hit anybody. Although, dude, I wonder, like, there's so many more homeless people there now. I wonder if you would even do that ride anymore. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm not talking shit. I'm saying, like, it's sad, you know, that the city, like, <laughs> rent is so high that there's hella people, like, living on those fucking overpasses now. I don't know if we could make that same ride happen. I don't know. All right. This is the end of our, our flashback. This flashback. Oh, yeah, I can pop off. I can let you get back to your interview. Thanks for having me. Sound effects. You can stay as long as you want, bro. You know, we're just fucking hanging out, dude. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Muppet Money Podcast, dude. We do whatever you want. <laughs> one yeah, side note is I've also uh-huh. traveled internationally with Andrew, one of the few Mopeders. Oh, uh, yeah, we do have stories. I've met up with overseas. We, we met up, we were both on different, you know, our own trips, but we were in Barcelona at the same time. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, wait. So let's, so let's, like, skip around. And the, the beginning of that story, this is, like, the treat to Morocco rally. <laughs> So we built, built it as like the only treats rally and it's in Morocco and only treats are invited. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like six of us, I think that went to Morocco. And I think Brandon, Boris and I, or Leah and I, or something were like supposed to buy mopeds in Morocco and ride to the car Senegal. <clears throat> um, and like, you know, I flew there with like a bag full of tools and, uh, you know, we're like going to try and make this happen. I forget, you know, some long ass ticket and, uh, or a one way ticket. <laughs> so we get to Morocco and like, it's very stressful from the beginning. Morocco is kind of a stressful place to go to. 
and um, everyone's like at each other's face and like everyone hates each other and I don't know it's like the trip kind of like dissolves and like mopeds are hard to come by they're expensive you need like insurance like everything was just way harder than we expected so so that kind of like goes out the window a little bit and then at some point I like meet Brandon in Marrakesh like we like split off and like rendezvous back or something and um we did get to ride a moped through like the Medina like test ride one to buy it you know um so I was like as far as we got and then like because everyone was so pissed at each other um like Brandon stayed and I think Leah stayed and then like I left and flew and met up with Mike, who was like randomly in Barcelona. And then like we hung out in Barcelona and met up with other creatures that were in Berlin after that. And it was like all totally random. Like, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That was awesome. I was on like a heartbreak tour because I I had like, I was young. Some girl (laughs) had just like left me, moved to Paris. And I was like, Oh dude, I suck. Everything sucks. So like I went to Europe for the first and only time so far. And I was like using that, I think it still exists, that fucking website Couchsurfer. Because when I was in San Francisco, I was active on that, like letting people crash at my spot to like build up the goodwill in case I would like go on another trip. And like side note, I learned all that stuff from like just moped lifestyle, like going to rallies, hosting people from other rallies. I uh, found out that I just like liked being a host and like liked learning new stuff from people that were like in town. Mm-hmm. So. I had like all this Did good you know, thing. Yeah. I went out I, I started this trip in Copenhagen with uh Alan Gamboa, who was like a major dude from Mission Twenty Three and like all around great guy. He might be he might listen to this podcast, I'm not sure. Shout out, Alan. Um <laughs> Albo just Albo. We were there at the same time and we were hanging with the the Danish moped gang, Teufelska. Uh Devil Boys or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember the translation. <laughs> but that shit was so fucking tight, man. Like, we showed up. They grabbed us from the airport, immediately took us out to a bar, put us on the back of a bike, put a helmet on our head, put a leather jacket around our shoulders. Like, just took such good care of us. They like, had a place for us to stay. I was there for a week. And I learned how, kind of embarrassing, but I didn't know how to shift, like, on a motorcycle yet at that point. <laughs> Dude, I just fucking rode mopeds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got to shift on those goddamn things. And I never learned how to fucking drive a stick shift car because I'm just a loser. So <laughs> they were like, all their mopeds there are like several speeds because they have to be 50cc and the cops actually take off the fucking jug and measure it. Yeah. Like if they think you're, if they think you're fucking around. Is that kind of shit so where they like drill a hole through your shit if, it, if it's not, you know? Yeah, they just, they just complicate it. They just impound the damn thing and it's gone. So they, they have all these amazing old, like, stock motorcycles and, like, what's the other brand? It's, like, a brand that we don't really have. It's like, a German brand. I can't remember. But uh, they're all, like, like, the best ones are, like, five speed. But most of them are, like, three speed. So I had to learn how to shift and, like, ride a motorcycle just to ride those things. But it was, like, a perfect way to, <laughs> to learn to do that. Yeah, dude. So that's crash, where I learned crash it. course. It literally, because I did crash the bike. <laughs> uh, straight up crashed their bike the first night because they were sort of like they're a little bit like rockabilly so mm-hmm. like, oh we got a, we got one of the guys from the creatures we got one of the guys from new york mission 23 like we want to race you like we had they, they had this old brewery that they would race around and so we were like 
sure. <laughs> Fine. Like, what are we raking on? Like, where's my Pook Maxi? You know? And it's like, no, we don't, we don't ride automatic shit. You have to ride one of our bikes. Like, they mm-hmm. gave us good bikes. Yeah. But I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> there's some fucking, okay, there's some, okay, some pride at stake here. So we, we did our best. And Alba was way better than me, but it was raining, and I fucking wiped the fucking shit out on that thing. Just, like, skidded so hard. I spent a full day of that trip fixing that bike back up and like trying to make it better than it was when mm-hmm. they loaned it to me. Like I was polishing it. I was like pulling dents out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like working on that thing. Just like felt so bad. Dude, that was, that shit was dope. But yeah, the coolest part of that, that trip was I did, had no idea that I was going to see Andrew and I got to see him in Mar- in Barcelona. And so we like hung out together and we came and stayed at the same couch surfer place that I was staying. And then we went t- together to uh, Berlin where like, Two other creatures were hanging out also in like a couch. Were there like type. four people there? It was Travis, like Travis, Sophia, and Travis and Dolphin. Yeah. That's so yeah. crazy, dude. And also, we were like in, in Barcelona and we were trying to figure out how to get to Berlin. We were like looking at flights and other stuff. And we were thinking about like, all right, what do we hitchhike across Europe? And we were like, you know, no one's going to pick up like two guys probably. They so were like, well, what if we were, what if we were a band, you know? Uh, that would be good. And we were like, oh, yeah, I don't, we don't really want to buy a guitar. And we're like, no, we can just buy a case. And, you know, just have an empty case. <laughs> and, like, we're talking about. And just, like, yeah, we didn't do that. That's so funny. No, but, dude, good brainstorming sessions, for sure. <laughs> dude, I really, lo- I really love, like, that whole, like, like foreign moped scene. Like, I follow, like, a bunch of foreign clubs on the internet. Like, the fucking Maxi Maniacs and shit. And, like watching these foreign clubs with like legit clubhouses like a bunch of old dudes yeah. with real clubhouses and like they're no, all wearing yeah, leathers and like full patched out like it's a fucking legit biker gang and like yo these guys are for real like we're yeah, cosplaying in the sure. seats right now we need to step the fuck up dude, dude, dude that's how i felt too when i went to denmark i was like this is fucking great they have a clubhouse they play live music there they have bands play they throw like fundraiser parties they fucking even a yearly ride where they go like, I don't know how many miles it's like all the way out to like Switzerland or something and back where it's like a really, it's like our uh, pinball run basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do it hard over there. It's a cool scene. Like, but like they keep it fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like even though they cosplay like the motorcycle shit, they, you know, they're not a bunch of fucking bros or like tough guys that are trying to start fights. I've just, uh, I've never liked that aspect of, some of the motorcycle tunes. True, true. That's why I love him. Well, I still do mopeds. Dude. Um, okay. So, <laughs> year now, what, what year is it? Were like, <laughs> you like one of those like mystical, like uh, like dreamy, like sounds in the background, just like, oh, the year yeah. now is 2007. <laughs> yeah, like harp music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. Um, what else happened in in Lopez? In our <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. So, so I lived in San Francisco for like four years or five years or something. And I like moved to Portland for two years and moved back to San Francisco for one year. And then, but uh, then the Portland thing was like a whole other kind of way. Um, I know I saw some questions on the thing about. Machine, which I guess we can talk about at some point. Yeah, like well, there was a <laughs> weird, like a uh, moped food cart thing for a bit. 
Like how how that kind of come about? Well, so I mean, this is like Brandon and I. It was it was like his idea originally, and then we were going to do it together. And then when we were in the area, we he found or we found this like uh, Chow Porter, the Chow Trike moped in like North Bay somewhere, and some little kid have it, and we like bribed him with a bunch of parts uh, that Benji kind of like you know we got cost or whatever, and then got this moped, and then it kind of like sat in my backyard in San Francisco for like a year, and it was like I had you know no clue what to do with this thing, and. And then, like, he disappeared and, like, went on a nomadic trip for a while. <laughs> and then and then I moved to Portland. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm bringing this with me. And then I was in Portland. And it's, like, an impossible place to get a job. And, like, no one has jobs. I don't know. It's, like, very confused. And uh, and I decided, like, oh, all right, I guess I'll make, uh, make my own job and, like, do this part that we talked about doing. Um, so, like jankily built it into an operationally operational business like legal and everything and uh you know treat machine like playing some vegan tacos and putting for you on a moped trike which i don't know if people know about this and then i brought back to san francisco and then at that point it was like legitimate like everything was built into it and i'd like cook it home load up the trike take it to a place serve for like four hours and then take it back and like do everything. And then I did that for like a year there. And then Boris of Treats also was like a chef. He built another moped food trike out of like a Minarelli, like rear trike. Mm-hmm. And that one, he had a Tandor oven on. So, and he did like Georgian, like the country state food. Um, so at some point in San Francisco, there were two moped food carts. And I don't know what happened to his, but like I sold mine to Robberito, so it's currently in York, PA. Dude, that thing's um, riding away for but, sure. Rob's got so many bikes in his garage of like just like crazy rare bikes that no one's seen. Yeah, he's like the only person I can imagine selling a moped food cart to. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. who's gonna want to buy this? Like, <laughs> it would it would stall. It, it never idled. I think like Joe Peg like cut a crank and like did it wrong so would never idle so it was just like with death trap riding it around you like hit potholes and everything would like launch up and like smash around and it was definitely mm-hmm. some some brainstorming to get that to, to work right that's funny dude like uh one of the uh guys from our instagram page or whatever like asked a question about it earlier and it was just uh it was mark from the graveyard shifters and he asked what was the number one taco sold out of the cart <laughs> Uh, so I did uh, fried yam, avocado, or fried plantain tacos. And I had like uh, onions, tomatoes, cilantro, black beans that I made, tortillas I made from scratch, and like all these hot sauces that I made. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I never really like yam was not the most popular, but it probably just <laughs> like street avocado. I mean, I definitely think um, yam would not be the most popular for sure. It's good though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it had some, like, Lydia, like, made fun of it, was, like, said something about six months, but, I mean, I did it for two years. That was, like, my job. Um, it's tight that you did it last that long. Yeah, you make, like, hundred bucks a day, something. Um, it was pretty popular, I don't know. I mean, it won, like, Best Veggie Taco in Portland one year, and I did it there. 
And uh, in San Francisco, I did it, like Maitland mentioned, like I sold on the street just as a normal cart. And then I also sold like uh, out of a bar like one day a week or something. I don't remember. Okay. But uh, but I just did it illegally in San Francisco because nothing matters there. Or used to matter, I don't know. Yeah. Um, cool. Do I remember we had the um, the we had a coffee we have this restaurant in Richmond called uh Godicado and that's like a avocado like restaurant or whatever, but we Sean when Sean was still here and he had this red shed, he built that guy a trike and it was like his like coffee trike and they were like selling it was like a Pook Maxi with the Rio trike and they made it really nice. It was legit, dude. It had like wood fucking all done up in the box and like cup holders and all this stuff, dude. It was legit. I just remember like us going on Moped Monday and it was kitted with like the dual pipe and we're just like, yeah, dude, like we're going for Moped Monday ride, dude. Bring it, bring, bring the trike out. And he's like riding the trike behind us doing 30 and the rear end's just like drifting back and forth, dude. And it's like wobbling. And you're like, dude, there's no way you can ride a trike at any kind of speed, like ever. No, no, it's scary. Yeah, like the sketchiest bike ever made. Kitted. I think it went like 25 kitted or something. Because it was so heavy. Yeah. I remember the PDR trike. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was another one, dude. We had two, two legit trikes coming out of Richmond. The PBR one's still kicking around. Right. Um, it was all painted up white. Thomas from Rebels painted it. Like, fresh decals. Like, the cooler in the back was legit. They, like, cut some cooler up and, like, welded it together or some shit. Like, I don't know. It was clean. And uh, it's sending out to North Carolina to red to uh, PBR and they had it for a while. And then uh, the queen city barons picked it up to like do some repairs on it for those guys. And I think they still have it. Like, I saw it at a rally a couple years ago. Did you say weird? They just throw money at everything. I don't know. Yeah. I've been to so many PBR sponsored rallies and like sponsored is such a loose term. They're like, here's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of signs and like fucking 40 cases of beer. Go, yeah. go have at it. Send us some pictures afterward, maybe. Yeah. Sponsoring Wet Wet. Sponsoring. Um, yeah, we're sponsoring Wet Wet. We're sprawling out a huge list, like always, dude. Like, that's another thing. It's just like, I wish that the moped scene as a whole would just like, if all the clubs collab together to have one legit sponsor list. You know? like Oh, yeah. So, everyone, so everyone can share what sponsors they're using. Cause, cause we're all use the same people essentially. We use like Fastenal, PBR, like Bitwell's legit, but you have to contact them super early to actually get something. You know, I don't know. There's there's tons of options, but I wish like we all like shared what we use. You know, then we just have like random. Like if you said, hmm. So like if you wrote them as like we we are a moped army, we're like all these people. Like make it seem like it's a bigger yeah we could use deal. like yeah. we use the organization like as a whole to like okay right. well we're looking to get x amount of sponsorships for all these different events throughout the country for the year and like i don't know i feel like there's a better way to go about it where we can get more from these sponsors if they if they realize how big it is versus like oh my well my one small club's doing this one event yeah dude you're so right i feel like i'm not on the captain form anymore because i retired but i I swear I would search otherwise. Like I, I think there was a thread on this like a couple of years ago in the captain's form. And it makes so much sense to try to actually use the organization of MA 
to all of our benefit since we, you know, choose to be part of it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it makes so much sense to have like a shared like Google Doc where it's like, hey, yeah, here's the name and contact number of Betty from CBR. Here's what she sponsored for our rally in 2018. Like, and just keep track of that shit. I know it's hard, and like gang, it's like hard to even get your own gang to do shit like that. That's, that's our number one stumbling block. Mm-hmm. But dude, we could How have such like have now. <laughs> What's that? We could have such great fucking deals. You know, like the potential is out there to have like some really cool deals. And that could all come into like rally pack stuff and like raffle fundraising stuff. It would be so helpful. And it's like, God, dude, I don't know. We could get into a whole conversation about like things to wait to make like being a member of Moped Army better. And it's like the whole thing with like, I don't fuck. I I don't want to get into it right now because like I'm just going to get frustrated and like we can go into a whole rant, you know, about just like how we can leverage like the bigger picture so it's like it makes it more important for younger clubs trying to get into it. It's like, oh, well, this is what you actually get out of it. You know, right now it's like you don't really, there's not much you get out of it besides like, you know, a little clout or something, but. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's fucking mopeds. Like, how much clout are you really getting? <laughs> Dude, maybe not so like, Going back to treats, like, treats used to always be like kind of anti MA, you know? So, like, that was like the first half of my moped life was being anti and then like joined up at some point, but like black Black kind of just conscripted like all the active, uh, treat people at that point. So true. Well, yeah, black black buys up the block, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relentless. We got it on the what load. Dude. That could be one of your, your podcast in 2020 could be just like an informal, small, like captain's round table. How could it maybe better? Because mm-hmm. I, I have listened to a bunch of bunch of the episodes where you've asked individual members, like, you know, what do you think? Is it worth it? What does it mean? What do you get out of it? What don't you get out of it? Like, is it stupid? Um, and a lot of people have, like, some really interesting opinions that have been on this podcast, too. So it would be kind of interesting to see, ask a couple people that are, like, the most active, you know, currently to have, like, some just roundtable decisions or, or discussions about, like, what they see could be some cool because it's, sure. it's one thing to do it you can do it on the captain's form but like a live discussion is so much more interesting and i think like more vibrant you have less sure. time to like think through your arguments but you have more time or maybe you're more inclined to like kind of just kind of speak from your gut mm-hmm. so i don't know it could be interesting that? i mean there's definitely like more people but like i'm not like like i just got in the captain forums and it's like i'm rarely active on the open army like I'm, i've always been like lurker instead of like posting shit so it's like i know there's more people that are vocally out there talking about things and you know have feelings and you know care about what's happening like it's hard i don't know Memphis is a weird thing it's like sometimes it's like really hard to like get really into this whole thing and care too much because you can care too much to the point where like you get frustrated over the lack of caring for everyone else you know it's like, yeah, totally. it's, it's just mopeds, but at the same time, like Sean's always telling me, it's like, it's more than just mopeds. You know, it's like your friends and your group and you're like, you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's just mopeds, but then define moped. Moped <laughs> means so much. I don't know. I don't even think about it. Oh, yeah. You're a treat, dude. <laughs> treat okay, so, so it's like people that don't really understand treat treat culture treats is like the is like 
food, drugs, and just, like, travel thing or something, you know? It's like, so many people, like, have, like, little nomadic kind of pilgrimages and, like, you know, weird drugs and, like, being foodies. Like, what's up? So that's where all, like, the food stuff and treats comes from, like, being a food gang. And then also, your your as a captain is arguably the greatest success story in Moped. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to get into Bindi too much, but like that guy has made so much out of so little, like, and done so much for the community mm-hmm. without really ever being part of MA. So there's like an argument against, and. Sure. uh you know, it's just like amazing, like what what he's accomplished is like so cool. And from like where he started, uh, when you hear the stories, when Andrew like before we even called you, he was just talking about like the days of Benji just selling pipes like out of alleys. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just, yeah. meet me yeah. in the back alley by my I house. Like, I got the pipe, you know. And yeah. yeah, before before treats was legit, it was like nothing was available, you know. So it was like a very different place to come up. Um, crazy different time. Like, yeah. I remember the Hell Satan's because they've been like a club in Richmond since 2003 or 2002, something like that. So it's just like, I remember hearing all their stories about like ordering parts from Europe and like, you know, you break a stock yeah. piston, like you got to wait a month to get a fucking stock piston ring or some shit, you know, like the struggle, dude. Well, yeah, no and there was a boy had the same damn kit too, like depending on your yeah. city or your gang. Everybody ran the same setup. Yeah, Polini of Bing and a Bop was like the first one, yep. and then it was like Polini, yeah. PHG, and Astral was the second one that everyone just had. <laughs> or, or an HP. That was the other yeah. option. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, was, I don't know. That was cool. Hey, Andrew, remember the time where we uh, we both had Silver Magnums? And mine was a little bit better because I had put five stars on them, but other than that, they were, they were almost identical. <laughs> And I think we had the same exact setup, but the Polini, maybe the four pedal Melosi, uh, definitely the CHBG. And I think we both had either six P's or eight P's. I can't remember. But we, like, we looked at our two bikes and we're like, this is the same bike. <laughs> and then we decided to race. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, it took me a long time to get good at Moto. <laughs> I'll just say that right off the bat. Like I, I didn't come into the game strong at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you like smoked me. We both had VAs too, so the two speed. And you like smoked me, and I was like, "How the fuck are you smoking me, man? Like, we have the same setup." And you're like, "Maybe yours isn't tuned as good. Like, do you want to swap bikes?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's swap bikes. Let me see what you're riding with." And then you smoked me on my own bike. <laughs> you just rode the bike better. Than I, did. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, okay." And you I, yourself to sleep that night. <laughs> I was like, "I've got a lot to learn. I, I should probably give these five stars to you that I'm so proud of." Yeah, yeah, that was big memories. That'd be funny. Yeah, I feel like Mike and I always kind of had like the same moped aesthetic of like black and neon and like kind of like yeah, neon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, let's jump to back to the Instagram questions real quick because I think this one's like a cool topic for both of us or all of us. Um, I don't even know which one to do first. Uh, Unlucky sent me three different ones. One of them was kind of throwaway, like ham- hamburgers or hot dogs. Like, ah, oh, who fucking cares, dude? Fucking food, whatever. Um, I don't know. With that, with that one hot dog post from the general forums, 
You see that blog post that that person wrote? No. Like, why are hot dogs, why are hot dogs such a part of Moped culture? And, like, she wrote, like, a whole blog about that, it. That's funny. Is that, maybe that's what that's spinning from. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I don't care. Same shit to me. Yeah. Um, so, this one's, this one's cool, and then I'm going to follow the, with another one from the same guy. But uh, what's the scariest loner you've ever been loaned? You want yeah. your show, Andrew? You got, you got okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if anyone thinks of one, uh, yeah. <laughs> scariest loner. Yeah, like really sketchy bike or something, you know. I'm trying to think because I, I never got that I many loners. I was in Austin, and Lester gave me a chow, and I don't remember what was the scary about it but i remember i kept making me bleed for some reason <laughs> and like i couldn't start it and i had to use another moped to start it by using the rear wheel on the rear variator to like get it going but like i just remember maybe i like took a chunk out of my ankle i don't know i just remember bleeding a lot riding that and having to start it with another moped and that was, that was a pretty good winner <laughs> and i've been blessed with like really nice loners like people have been just really kind to me and like have given me nice loaners. And even though that is the case, they nevertheless like always break down like catastrophically. <laughs> like they never, they never make it through the whole rally, even though like you know, Chad Burke, one of my first rallies gave me like a Laguna. And I, like, I didn't even know what the fuck that shit was back then. <laughs> I was just like, cool. Thanks. But now I'm like, shit, I wrote a Derby sport Laguna for a fucking, goddamn rally it was so nice but yeah. it fucking broke down i just every single one breaks down the scariest was, i think was whiskey business because it was just a torquey as fuck uh urban express <laughs> that had like been kitted and i think they did something else like they added they could put a bigger rear wheel on it i want to say and i think it was uh brian nichols and sue nichols is that their name i'm trying to remember it's been a while uh, I forgot your name, but I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, dude, this thing was like wheelie machine. And it had that fucking moped problem of the fucking stuck throttle cable. Oh, like man. straight up. And we were going up the hill and I just like, I was not trying to pin it. I was not trying to be an asshole, but I looked like one because I like fucking went past all these people that were going slow up this like dirt hill because the fucking throttle was stuck. And I couldn't control it, and I couldn't get it to go back down, and I couldn't stop because I was on a hill. So I was, like, mashing past people on the way up. Like, I was, like, trying to be, you know, the first one to the top or something, mm-hmm. but I was really just terrified and, like, just stuck on this bike that wouldn't turn off. Dude, the worst thing is a bike like, like that that doesn't have a kill switch either. It's like, every moped should have a kill switch. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'll wear I think I had a kill switch on one bike once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you I like bikes. Sell bikes to people, and you show them, yeah, hey, just put the wires, put the handlebars. Yeah. You know, like, I've definitely had bikes that didn't have it. You know, we're like, oh, just cover the carb. You know, you're good. But then, like, until that moment hits where you get stuck, or the throttles won't turn off, like, and you're heading yeah. towards traffic or some shit. It's like, dude, you wish you had a kill switch then, right? Yeah, like you need both hands on the handlebars at that moment. But, yeah. Like you wish you could just turn it off. But yeah, I feel like I haven't had too many loners because, I mean, for a while, I used to be, like, adamant about, like, oh, I'm going to a rally. Like, if I can't bring my own bike, why am I going to a rally? It's fucking stupid. Um, 
and then that changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last five years of knowing you, you're like the always the loner dude. Yeah, there was like a full year where I think I just rode my motorcycle around yeah, that guy, but you know, yeah. uh, I mean, that thing on an elite is always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, that was great. Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah, Costco. Just taking in the scenery. They're um, picking flowers. <laughs> I went to New Orleans and my I brought up my Grand Prix and it broke down like the first night. And Dave from Smog Swat loaned me his uh his kate his kdx so i was just like okay you're going from riding a small moped to like a two-stroke dirt bike like in the pack and i was like it was it wasn't scary but it was like exhilarating and like fun and just like all right tight thank you i'm gonna block all the traffic for you guys from now on because i can always catch up yeah, that's the way to do it when you when you get like a sweet faster bike at a rally that like really shouldn't be on the ride because it's maybe not a moped. Like that's the way to turn it around and like like help out everybody else that's like maybe on a shitty loaner. Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know. I feel like people just don't know how to ride fast or something. Like I feel like I'll be riding slow bikes at rallies and still, I know. Well, I, that's I, like a weird I, like. I guess I'm one of those people that only goes full throttle and. Uh, don't do anything else your your riding styles also because like i've been in lots of rallies with grasso and like your riding style has always been like get to the front of the pack and stay there so (laughs) most pack like most rallies are like you know they're not going to go 60 or 55 in the front of the pack the entire time because they're trying to keep it somewhat together so the front always seems slow because it's like cool you're up there and it feels like you're just going 35 or 40 because you kind of are most of the time. But we used to not do that. Like, West Coast used to just be like... Yeah, just go. rip dicks and, like, yeah. leave everyone in the distance and the fucking ride falls apart. But I feel like yeah. <laughs> over the years, everyone's definitely, like, working harder to try to keep their groups together and, like, somewhat, you know, acceptable for anyone to bring any kind of bike. Yeah. We learned that you had to do like you had to do the fast leader and the slow leader, yeah. and like the ride could be the same, but you had to have someone that could just like blast everybody in your crew, mm-hmm. like the actual leader, because otherwise people would blast them anyway, even if they didn't know where the fuck they were going. Oh, facts! Like, just gonna, big facts. <laughs> they'll just keep going, man, and then they'll like kind of wait for you, like turn, like shrug, like which way you missed uh, the turn, so you idiot. Fast ride leader, and then like somebody on like a super solid stock plus that could be like okay cool all you slow folks like follow me we'll get there too yeah it might be like secondary the middle of the pack to bridge the gap dude exactly i'm always like the guy who's like i'm super concerned with stuff like that when i'm playing in a rally it's just like yeah we need to have at least four people who know the route by heart like not like you're guessing and you can wing it like i need four guys who know exactly the fuck's going on I need like two in the front. I need one like in the middle. I need someone in the back, like picking up stragglers. Like, I don't know. I like, I overthink shit like that. Cause like, I, I don't want people to be like, I don't know, feel shafted. Cause they went on this ride and like five minutes in, they were just like wandering aimlessly by themselves. Yeah. And that, that definitely does happen. So like fully planned rallies happen all the time. <laughs> like, so part of my whole, like be in the front thing, you know, it's like when you're in the front, you're 
safer if you're like breathing less exhaust from other people like it's a good life you know like <laughs> i think uh the good life <laughs> where is it it was like la or something maybe sacramento i forget one of one of my first rallies um i remember someone like broke it down in front of me you know i like wear sandals like a lot of people know me wearing sandals and riding because i don't care and and like someone broke down in front of me and i just like peed on them and i'm like I do a straight 360 with the bike and like land on the ground and the bike hits the ground. And then I'm going like 45 miles an hour or something. And I'm wearing, you know, I think flip flops at that point or something. And, you know, I'm just like kind of like get up and like it took a chunk out of my ankle. But I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and like just get back up uh, and keep riding. And, you know, like Sony, I think, saw me flipping. <laughs> He was way more freaked out than I was. Like, mm -hmm. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm I good. think he just like learn how to fall or don't learn how to fall. Or, I don't know something. That's funny, dude. Um, another question from um same dude. Uh, what are like what are what are five rally items that you like you'll re you'll regret not having if you forget to bring it? Five rally items. Yeah, like something you bring to a rally that you like really don't want to forget. Hmm. I mean, other than like obvious, like sleeping stuff, right? Uh, I guess I'll start. Like, I'd say at least one of them would be like some plastic bag or some dry bag or something for like my phone or electronics. If it like I'm stuck at some rally where it's fucking pouring rain, um, oil for my fucking bike, an extra spark plug, and a tool to change it with. Nah, you don't need oil. Everyone else is <laughs> And I don't really know what else, dude. A lock, in case like I can get stuck somewhere, I can lock my shit up and catch an Uber. Yeah. Let's <laughs> throw your bike in the hallway and get to get it later. <laughs> Have you learned nothing? I, <laughs> that's a funny thing that like Sean's like shown to Black Black. It's like, all right, dude, like you fucking get in trouble, dude. Just throw your bike in the bushes, dude. You come back for it later. Yeah, I mean, Dono and uh, Jonah or whatever did like a motorcycle in the one Richmond rally in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Just buried in some bushes, man. It'll be all right. Pull some trees down, cover it up. Yeah. Put an X on the tree know. so you know where it's at. I mean, I used to be into like all I would care about. Like, I don't bring tools. I don't really like that. Like, just make it so your bike doesn't break and you won't need tools. Uh, but, like, I don't know, I used to have, like, a breakdown beer. I used to be, like, the only thing, you, you know, don't bring tools, you can just bring a breakdown beer. And, uh, I don't know, like, I used to, like, never, I used to be with Sean, like, bad, bad with phones, like, always just have a dead phone all weekend and, like, just kind of float in the ether. Um, what do you need? I don't know what Dude, you need. a backup battery what? charger. That's, like, my number one. I always bring, like, a charger for my phone, like a little portable jam. I mean, I would no. say, like, some sort of, like, party drugs would be something you need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's breakdown items, always. Like, you mentioned, like, the breakdown beer. So, like, things I regret not bringing are, are like, frivolous things that I was like, uh, I don't know if I'll need that. So, like, having, like, a little airplane bottle in your tool roll, if, like, you get bro broken down and the, and the van is, like, an hour and a half behind you. And you're just stuck. Like that happened to me in Sac. I was like, shut for 
like two and a half hours Damn. on this like desolate huh. stretch of road. And like, you know, this is before like lift and shit. So like, I guess they could have called like a yellow cab, but also there was like nothing left. There was nothing to lock to. Was, I was just like on the fucking plane. Uh, and I was like, fuck, I wish I had a full pack of smokes, a breakdown beer, <laughs> AKA <laughs> breakdown, like airplane bottle or something. And like a book, a fucking book, <laughs> like as shitty as that fucking sound. Because I'm like, I'm like literally stuck here, and there's just I can, there's nothing I can do at all. So it's yeah. like little shit like that that I always forget about when I go to the rallies. But I, I'm actually I like to bring the tools because at least try to give it a shot if it breaks down to see if I can get it up and running again. Yeah, I kind of bring bring my own tool roll always. Dude, that's great. I feel like I've had a good string of like things breaking and just like. Figuring it out, like uh, even uh, Philly last year, like the car was falling off my bike, so I just like spent the whole ride holding it on with my foot. You know, like I, I remember one time, worst, in California, my headset being loose and just like having a wrench for some reason and just like tightening my headset while riding <laughs> on the ride. Yeah. Um, uh, God, I'd say jacket. You want a jacket? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cold. Depending on the weather. Dude, I remember going oh, yeah. to. Oh yeah, that definitely. I remember going to Austin for the rally and breaking my intake. My intake cracked, and I spent half the ride like holding my carburetor so my intake wouldn't like break all the way off, and just like super sketchy, and my hand just going completely numb, and like just making it to the to the rally spot. Yeah, it's like it's like an endurance race at that point where you're just like, oh, almost there. I can't make it. Like holding on for dear life. Yeah, that's awesome. Speak of endurance races. I guess. Have you talked about pinball on yeah. the podcast at all? Yeah, we uh, we had Maitland on, and we talked about it a couple of times, but you know, it's always good to bring up. Like, it's cool. Like, I know Did you anyone get it. The first one was the um, first one was the one. I don't remember, dude. I know we've like mentioned it, but like get into it because I remember like you had that fucking weird mesh suit or some shit that you guys raced in. Yeah, yeah, we had like white painter suits, and this is like Cornell and I. Uh, but you know, just to keep the fun off you, but like still be kind of dry. Uh, it was a pretty good idea. I got pulled over in one of the Carolinas. I don't know which one. So I was just like wearing this like white painted thing, like riding a moped, like stretching because I was getting beat up by riding for so long, and like stretching while riding and wearing white suit. And the guy like breathalyzed me and made me drunk test. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the first one was just different because it was like we didn't know what we were doing yet, and it was like pretty much all hot and ready and black black. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But and the first one was long as fuck, dude. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think any that. of them have been that long since that. Yeah, and I don't know it was just like so cool. So even before that started, like Sean Cornell and I were at the Providence Rally, and we like rode an extra two days to Portland before the race even started, and like we were just like, all right, we're leaving the rally, and we just like kind of took off and like. You know, road till we got tired and like slept on the side of the road and some tall grass. And like that was kind of 
what we were thinking pinball was going to be like at first. And then it like kind of became a race. And that was like when I met the black, Flag Denver guys for the first time, actually they like, came in and were like racing their asses off and like, like super competitive, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like doing pack riding at first. And, uh, I don't know. It was cool. It was definitely like, I mean, Mike did the third one, but, uh, Lost, like, I lost pretty hard. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a weird to be like competitive with. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. We weren't, our team was not competitive at all. We were like hoping that we would make it further, but we couldn't. So the one thing that we could do to people was like take their broken bikes and put it in our box truck <laughs> and just help for the rest of the trip. Oh, yeah. there, are, there are some people that get really, really competitive. And I yeah. think that's like not in the spirit of it. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the first one, there were a lot more of us, like myself and Cornell and like some other people, like that. No one had teams really. Like it was like, so much more unorganized. They were just like ride all day and stuff like that. And I don't know. Um, and I, I like it surprisingly good on that one. I think I, I was like third place, going, you know, and I, like didn't, and I didn't have any tools, I didn't have any breakdown, anything, uh, you know, and just kind of like winging it on a derby. And I think I went six and a half days before I broke down. That was like a nine day race, or something crazy. Um, I don't know, magical place. Nine days, thousands. And then there was like the whole lap stop before going to Key West with like Sean and Robert fighting. The beef ensues. Dude, um, so another question, which is kind of silly, but you know, whatever. Uh, what drugs are vegan from uh, our homie from Legion? Uh, I want to say all of them. (laughs) Maybe, maybe like, you know how there's like, maybe poop and cocaine, so wouldn't that maybe not be vegan? <laughs> Have you ever seen videos or, like, heard about, like, people in, like, manufacturing coke, like, spitting and, like, pooping or whatever in, like, the big flurries? No. Sounds gross. No? I mean, I feel like you wouldn't even notice. Like, it's, like, one of those things, it's, like, if it's so big, it's, like, fuck it, what? you're not gonna know. It's, like, if some dude spitting your food that was cooking in the kitchen, dude, you're never gonna find out. Yeah, true. Sure. I mean, poop's fine, right? Yeah, it's natural, organic. <laughs> I, I might not stand by that statement. <laughs> uh, so here's a question I from feeding uh, poop. Here's a question about motorcycles and shit. It's like, do y'all ride motorcycles? And like, what makes you, you know, take out your motorcycle over, you know, your moped or vice versa? And for me, um, I have a motorcycle and I have way too many mopeds and I try to ride them all equally. It just kind of depends on the day or where I'm going on what I'm going to ride. Like I love my moped cause it's easy and I can park it anywhere. And that's kind of like the convenience of like living in a city and having a moped. I can literally park on the sidewalk in front of any business I'm trying to go inside of. Yeah. Yeah, I have a motorcycle. 
I don't know. I have motorcycles like explicitly for like touring. I feel. I mean, I'll ride them in the city sometimes, but yeah, they suck riding in the city because it's a car, like in most people's minds. Um, yeah, get out of town. Yeah, I like to throw in an extra category because I also ride scooters, Ooh, and so nice. I have. Uh, it's dead to me. <laughs> you, you knew this. You've known this forever. <laughs> I uh, yeah, like until my scooter got stolen. Uh, earlier this year, I actually was not riding moped like almost at all because the, the scooter did everything a moped did, but like better. And I didn't have to lock it up, and it had like this giant underseat trunk storage. Yeah, like the only thing it didn't have was like, you know, I didn't build it myself, and it didn't have like cool vintage appeal. So, like nobody stopped me on my scooter and was like, "Oh, that's that's cool, man!" Like it just was, like this piece of junk. But man, was it? Was it an elite? No, I did have an elite too, but uh, I gave that to the motorcycle shop because it's like the elite eighty is just like a little too small to keep up with LA. Mm-hmm. So it was a Yamaha Zeno one twenty five, just like I had in San Francisco. Got another one for LA. I mean, there's something to be said about scooters, dude. We like we hang with the scooter club here a lot, and you know we all get along, and like they go on our rides and come our rallies and stuff. And it's like, like you said, dude, they they got storage. They make them in 125s, 250s. Like, you could go touring on a scooter if you really wanted to. You can go long distances. They always start. They're electric start. Yes. Like, yes. All the finickiness and, like, sketchy shit and worrying about breaking down that you have on a moped that you rarely have on a newer scooter. Unless it's just, like, some Chinese yeah. knockoff, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, I had to leave for a year and I rode it like everywhere and then at some point I was just like you know like I'm in a moped club like I, should, I just need to sell this because I'm not riding mopeds because it was too easy you know it's too easy it is like that's what people in LA said like once my scooter got stolen they're like that's the best thing that ever happened to you because now you're, you're like you're actually working on your fucking mopeds again like riding them ultimate cheer bike, bike dude too. I know it is. It's, it's like not fair because you don't even have to shift, not to think about anything. Like you just, it's like you can get groceries on it and you get the fuck. And yeah. like my big bikes, I'm just, I almost never use them. One, because neither of them are running currently and they're like a little bit more expensive to work on. But two, just, it's just harder to split lanes. It's harder to like, like you guys, I think I would use it if I was going like distance, but like the day to day. It's like going to work, going to get groceries, hitting up a bar real quick. Like, there's no need for like 600 CCs to do that. Yeah. And it's just boring riding a big bike slow. Like, you can ride a small moped fast, and it's not that fast, yeah. but it feels fucking fast. And <laughs> you get on your dirt bike, your fucking Harley, or your fucking motorcycle, or something that weighs a lot and it's big and heavy, and you're going 40 miles an hour, and you feel like nothing. Dude, like, you get on the highway and do 80 and as long as cars are going the same speed as you, you feel like you're standing still, dude. It's so boring. Oh, it's the weirdest feeling though. Sometimes if you like yeah. look down and like think about it and you're like, damn, I'm going fucking fast. <laughs> like, yeah. It feels like nothing. Yeah, dude, the cars are going the same speed as you. You're not passing them. And you're just like, dude, we're, we're going 80 right now. This feels, feels weird. I guess, I mean, that's just what it feels like to have suspension, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so a cloud, it's not vibrating, your hands don't hurt, yeah. your back's not, not sore. <laughs> yeah, are there any rigid motorcycles? Uh, Ooh, oh, hard, like, hard, 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 hard
I mean, not not in the front, not but like, like you know, like hard scale, like chopper like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Um, fuck right now. Huh? I said fuck would, right and not chopper. It's all rigid. Fuck that. Yeah, no, no, never owned one. Never want to. But <laughs> chopper. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I never understood why like Honda Elites were like the one kind of accepted scooter in moped land, and also like with fifty fifties, like MB five. Like, you know, like why are those two outliers like normal? I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot Dude. of fifty shifties like rocking at rallies recently. Like, like I think three or four NS fifties have been found like down south, east coast in the last couple months. And I don't know, dude. It's just like it's still a small CC it. bike. You know, you can technically register it as a moped if you wanted to. I don't know. It's kind of hard to see where how like we started accepting it as like a moped. Like, oh, dude, you got a shifty fifty tight. Like that's a moped too. Sweet. It's like I don't know. It is and it isn't. I think, I think it's because Elites have like a very specific 80s looking styling to them that like, like places them around the same time as a lot of the moped models. And also, they look, they look really cool. They were really well built. And one interesting thing about moped I've always thought is like, even though these things were supposed to be like, like motorcycle junior or whatever, they're supposed to be like, you know, a discount item basically. Um, but a lot of the manufacturers put in like a lot of bells and whistles on these things. Like they're really well made for what they are. Like they, you know, if they made the similar thing now, it would be like a cheap Chinese piece of junk, but they made these old like boots and stuff with like really, really good components, really well machined, good tolerances. And that's what those Honda Lisa are like to me. Cause like they're so well made and like, all bunch of attention is paid to like all the small details, not only is it the styling and stuff, but like these motherfucking things, they cost nothing. All of them have gas gauges on them. They're so fucking handy. And they, they have like an oil, uh, like an oil change reminder, which is basically just like a timer that you reset yeah. with a key for like mm-hmm. after three months or whatever. It goes like, ding, and it like turns red. You're like, oh, better fucking change my oil. Like I fucking love stuff like that. Like Honda, yeah but gave us all those little things. And I think that's why specifically the elites. I'm like, of course, dude, flip up headlights. Like, I don't know. I think it's because they look so cool and they look so well made that they're not, they're not considered like the junky trash scooter that everything else is. I mean, elite sold two 24 ounce beers perfectly in the front. (laughs) And a manila envelope. Yeah. (laughs) That's stupid front. That front trunk for the elite 80 is that garbage. But yeah, two beers. No, I thought of a, a rally essential. I would say I would say Adderall is a pretty good. <laughs> Hundred, one thousand. <laughs> uh, I would say the fake drug baggie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could like press your own like fake drugs and give them to people. Yeah, it's like fucking New Orleans all over again. You trade them for their drugs. <laughs> <laughs> just like different colors, or you could have like just colored lines of things, and like it's just all you know sugar and. E vitamins, but <clears throat> little pick me. I don't know. Placebos are a hell of a drug. Um, I'd say in my older age, this? I'd recommend bringing a uh, Zantac. Oh, what? A Zantac. That's a heartburn? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Thomas. I was, yeah, I was Thomas was on here. Thomas is my like rally savior all the time with like heartburn things and/or uh, other. 
utility. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah dude, I, I, I think like the 50 50s in the mid Atlantic is like maybe part of the culture thing too. Cause like, you know, dirt bikes is such a big thing around here. And like dirt bikes, like ripping up the streets and everything. And like, seems right to have shifty fifties around. And it's fun. I feel like everyone kind of wants to have that too. Like at one point in their like mopeding career, it's like, you know, at first you get into mopeds and you're like, Oh, I want a top 10 cause it looks like a motorcycle. And then like you kind of fall out of that and like the fucking M bars and you're like, Oh man, I'm back to the step through. This is great. And then you're like, man, I want a motorcycle, but I don't want to be a cop out. Like, so I'm going to get a shifty 50 and you know, you ride that for a while and you realize like how much shifting sucks on a slow bike in a city. Shift all the time, and then you're like, "Damn, yeah. this sucks." And you go back to a moped eventually. Oh god, and that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. The, the yeah, like, to buy. I'm pretty much full circle now because now I have a silver Magnum again. Uh, yeah. nice. I want one too, man. I'm looking for one. I want to go back. Back in the game, dude. I'm and probably gonna. I have to black mine out, but you know, whatever. Just, why don't you just like send me the tank and the side covers, and I'll send you my already blacked out tank and side covers. There you go. And that way, That's so much work. Yeah, really. we don't waste the perfectly good. So we don't waste the perfectly good silver man. Yeah, paint job. And you're like perfectly good. And like most generic. of the silver ones came with what the most silver ones came with the ZA50, and I, you know, we're on the street from last podcast so that Mike's getting ZA50s again. Oh yeah, man. I got I got four in my garage in it. Fuck, stacked, bro. Yeah, that was a weird weird thing getting into mopeds in San Francisco was like my first bike and like everything I learned about mopeds to begin was all of the A50s and then like you know at some point no one would even touch them they were like oh they're too complicated and like you need an air compressor to take them fire like or whatever and like I don't know that was like all I knew like Forrest and I would just rebuild the A50s in his garage just for no reason you know? I've never kept one I've never owned a ZA50 like I've like had them but I've just been on bikes I've sold. Like I've never been like, oh, I'm gonna build up a ZA for myself, you know. You do it. It's great. I mean, they ride so well. <laughs> they they ride great. so well. Really <laughs> man. Like my favorite. Dude, this is how I know I'm old. Like this, there's lots of reasons, but this is one reason. My favorite setup right now is a ZA with a little 16 Melosi, a little 15 King, and like a Proma GP. Just like little baby kit, but because it's because it's a ZA, like dude, this thing, I have two of them right now on two different Maxis, same same exact setup, and it's like bulletproof. It keeps up with LA traffic. It like is quick enough off the line that I'm like keeping up the traffic. It's not even that loud. Like dude, love it. It's so mellow, but it's like such a great. It's a combo that should have been stock. I think. <laughs> That's tight. Yeah, I don't want to make my Magnum be like the old San Francisco setup too for like nostalgia and like get a, you know, get a Polini and a something and a stroll maybe. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like lower the forks, put on the M bars, make it super teeny. That means you have to have the forward mounted carb. No, no, not the M bars. Oh, get that four stair. What are those ones called? The ones that are kind of like U shaped and then in the middle. But you like flip them down and then they're like super low and hurt your wrist. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ri- like that. the mid rise, but it's like upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Treaties always have like the flip down bars. 
Yeah. You but, still have your uh, your neon green Magura uh, brake lever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there were like these neon yellow green Magura brake levers, and there were only like, I don't know, six of them or something. So like a bunch of us had them, and I was like the treat brake lever or something. And I mean, mine's so old, there's like almost no paint left on it, but it's still it's on my derby. Like Stoney used to wear one on his necklace. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, the actual, you know, treat symbol. Like That's if you had one, you had yeah. to be a treat. Like damn. And I don't know if everyone knows, like, so the treat stickers. Like that time we went to Morocco, we went to Morocco like get stickers also. Like, and like they have like a connection now, I think, where they can get them kind of regularly. But like all the little ones are like made new, but then all the bigger headlight sized ones are actually from Morocco. Hmm. So whenever she bikes with the full size headlamp or head taste, whatever she taste, those are Moroccan. So that's cool. That's tight, dude. Um, yeah, this is the de- this is the decals where the eyes are looking in opposite directions, right? I don't know. There's also like there were different tongue colors, and stuff yeah. like that. I think I have like I have like a green eyed one. I have like an orange tongue one. I don't know. I have like a weird little stash. Yeah. Looking at them right now. <laughs> yeah, the eyes are looking in different directions. Are the new ones in the same direction? No, but that's like, like I've seen a, a batch where they were like the same direction and it was like the not from Morocco oh, one. Dude. So All funny because right. it's just like a joke, you know? It's like, we have a headlight, so we're going to put a face on the head, you know? <laughs> that's all it is. That is such a treat, too. Yeah. Super, super cool. <laughs> like, we'll take yeah, it. Fuck. Like, dude, it's called a headlight. <laughs> like, awesome. It seems like it's some like special thing, but it's just a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> dude, um, here's another question from um our friends uh in dirty the dirty the dirty plugs moped club. Uh like what's your thoughts on doing fifty on a stock like moped suspension? Like fifty miles an hour? Yeah. Fucking fun. It feels like eighty. <laughs> <laughs> so no so no suggestion to, to upgrade your suspension just like fuck it dude run it stock baby well I mean, for me it depends on what suspension you already have because like not all stock suspension is made created equal, equal. yeah like maxi suspension like a fork on maxi in my opinion they're just fucking garbage which is what makes them fun for like mild builds because they feel a lot faster than that but yeah I hate going 50 without at least a fork braid, like a better fork braid. Yeah, but like I, I would definitely. I, I want to know like the the ratio of how many bikes fork. you could go to like at a rally, and just like you know, hold someone's front wheel and see see how far their handlebars turn without the wheel moving. Oh my god! <laughs> they all do it. <laughs> like you a fork braid, four inches of play. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, I don't know, Brandon used to always be big on, like, he thought it was crazy. Like, people would, like, you know, 50, 60 mile an hour bikes and, like, have stock suspension. It's like, what's up, what are you doing? Like, stock brakes, you know, all these things. And uh, so I've kind of, like, always had that in my mind. Not that I necessarily do anything about it. But <laughs> I think um, it's good to do that at the same time, you know. The brakes, yeah. brakes, are, brakes are important. Brakes are your friend. Mm-hmm. I think it's because 
a lot of times when you were first learning moped, at least for me, it's like what you focus on is, is learning about the engine and the, and how everything works together and how to like upgrade that section of it, like carburetor pipe, like that's where all like the, you know, the products that make you drool yeah. are because it's like, oh shit, you can fucking fly. Look at the support job on this thing. And like the boring part is like, oh, you know what's better than your 11 millimeter threaded axle? A 12 millimeter steel bearing axle. <laughs> like, it's just boring. And it's like, it's also fucking time consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of my bikes, I've, even if they're like kind of, not that fast, definitely not 50 miles, maybe like 46 downhill, but um, always upgraded 12 millimeter, always upgraded steel bearings, um, at least in the rear, if not if not both, and always add a fork brace, and typically add a little bit better shocks in the back just because of all the potholes in LA. But it took me a while to realize that, like, even though that's not as fun, it's like pretty damn rewarding because like once I put a, a wheel together, it's like I don't have to look at it again for a long time. I put like new brake yeah. pads in, I grease everything up how it's supposed to be, I clean it up, just get it like really locked in. This is much better than my original style, which was like never even look at the axle or the brake plate, just ride the thing. And they're all bent, they're all fucked. Mm. But you can, you know, just having like a sturdy bike with just like minor, minor suspension upgrades for 50 miles per hour can like totally make a big difference. I always wonder too, so like a lot of, you know, how a lot of mopeders get into it from, there's like a lot of skateboarders that get into mopeds. And then like, I myself, I was like a bicyclist that got into mopeds. And like when you work in a bicycle, it's like comparable to like things like suspension and, you know, cables and brakes and whatever. So like that stuff comes more naturally if you do do first before you actually know what you're doing. No, so true. Yeah, maybe skateboarders are like more reckless and don't do that. (laughs) It's like who needs helmets? Who needs in this shit? We're good. I'm gonna jump these twelve flights of stairs. We back. I was a rollerblader, so I was like, I'm just gonna throw some ABEX seven bearings in my wheels, and I'll be fucking good to go. That's it. Get out of here, fruit booter. That's right. <laughs> nah, dude, rollerblading, rollerblading was a, what you call real commitment, dude. <laughs> like, you throw yourself at a I rail, think, there's no sneakers to run away on. You I, I see, it was also just a real commitment to just own how stupid they were. Um, so I see a lot of similarity in the moped culture. Where you're just like, you know what? I know this is dumb. It's so fun, though. Like, I get a huge kick out of this. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Dude, well, we're fucking almost at two hours, man. So I'm gonna wrap this shit up, dude. I'm actually going to New York tonight, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop up there for New Year's and throw my moped in the back of this car and try to go ride with some people and hang out. That's sick. You gonna see us? What are you going for? Just to hang out, dude. We're gonna stay with my girl's uh, friend in Brooklyn. I'm just gonna bring a bike and try to meet up with some moped people and cruise around. You should come here for New Year's Day. Do you, you know Mummer's Day? It's like Philly's like ghetto Mardi Gras kind of New Year's celebration. <laughs> is it? It's like a big thing? Yeah, New Year's Day is like the Philly thing. Like if New Year's Eve is like a New York thing. <laughs> That's funny. We'll see. We'll, we'll, Weird. We gotta figure out where we're going. We don't have any plans right now, so we're just gonna wing it when we get up there. Yeah. But yeah, man. Cool. Dude. 
Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm going to have uh, your pack out this week. I got a, a little center patch yeah. and a bunch of some stickers and some other stuff. Sweet, so, man. Appreciate it. Get that out. We still need someone to make you some rockers, but, you know, I don't know. Who's on, cool. I don't know who's on rockers these days. Dude. I think it's Nate. I'm going to get Dana <laughs> or someone to fucking throw some shit together. Probably. My, I left my, my, my theory has my vest. It's in Hutchinson, Kansas right now. <laughs> so maybe I'll get that at some point. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, we all got to buy wet, uh, buy some life jackets and build our wet, wet cuts before the summer anyway. What, dude, absolutely. Like, uh, we absolutely. were joking about... I found the help. What's up? With that, wasn't I doing something, maybe? What I was I think I volunteered myself or something. Uh, yeah, we were, um, we had a meeting tonight about it, and I think we were talking about, uh, trying to get like uh life vest cuts together before season starts so we can like actually rock them to other rallies and get some wear on them. Oh yeah. Nice. I love that. Although how do you guys feel about like a sleeveless wet suit? God, like, the oh, it's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> do they make them? No, yeah, you make them. Yeah, just cut the sleeves off. You rock that all, <laughs> rock that all summer. Dude, you would be fucking hot as fuck, dude. Oh, God. Just like, you take that thing off, just like dripping sweat. Oh, that's the beauty. Yeah. We gotta get some, some wet, wet floaties, dude. Just rock those on your arms, like, but with your cut. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, the prospects with floaties, like, that makes so much sense. Are we gonna make uh-huh. everyone their life vest or something? I think that was the joke. We were gonna like just like have everyone in the club have wet, wet like a uh, like life vest cuts like all weekend. Yeah, I think yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm into it. You definitely need to, you know, gotta set that bar high. Yeah, we got some like pretty wild ideas floating around right now. We're gonna, once we get all our shit like that we have in our minds like solidified, we kind of worked on a budget today. Once you get all that shit straight, we're going to throw it to the regular club chat and, like, see what other ideas we can, like, come up with, you know? Nice. Put our heads together, come up with some, like, some interesting shit. Yeah. Gotta stand out, boys. Yeah, Gotta stand out. Biggest club in Mipid Army. Can't, can't, be, can't be played as fools. <laughs> all right. Uh, cool. Let's do it, man. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for coming, dude. Grasso. Yeah, and you're sorry for sorry for sticking around for your whole thing. No, you're good, bro. I'm glad you stuck around, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out because Thomas wasn't on the thing, anyways. So it's like, oh yeah, just treat me like I was Thomas. There you go. <laughs> I mean, who knows, man? If Thomas was here, you never know where we would have went, man. We might have been talking about nugget porn. Like shit could have got real weird. <laughs> like, that, that yeah, was we literally the next topic. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we didn't even like like touch in too many like probably so many more stories you know like uh, yeah for sure as long as you guys have been in mopeds i'm sure if we talk for another two hours we could like come up with another like 20 stories you know yeah but for another day so, right we'll just let us do it yeah. do it again some other time <laughs> happy new year y'all. yeah same to you guys all right are we leaving yeah we're leaving we'll i'm gonna hang up on you guys it's over <laughs> i'm hanging up too bye. all right cool thanks okay. bye, bye. Cool. So that's it. Episode 61. Because I didn't say it in the very beginning. Moped Money Podcast, episode 61. We did it. 
another one in the books. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If like always, um, like it, share it, review it on whatever the fuck you listen to it on. All that stuff helps us out. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can visit our web store at uh, mopedmonday.com and pick up um, a pennant flag or some t-shirts or a sweater or a hoodie. And, you know, we'll get that stuff shipped out to you. Um, once again, big shout out to all the winners of the raffle. Thank you for everyone for participating. Big shout out to Denny Cycles for sponsoring the last episode and the raffle. Um, if you guys have a topic you'd like us to talk about or a guest or someone you think we should get into it with, you can email it to us at mopedmondaypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to call in and you know leave a voicemail, shout out some love, or ask us a question, you can call our voicemail line at 804-638-9533. And that's the whole spiel of all the business-like things that we do. Because I'm solo dolo in the house, and I'm going to get ready for this trip to go to New York, dude. Uh, never not riding, boys. Up vault. Whoever else is chilling up there, um, I'm going to holler. I should be up there in the morning. Like I'm going to go work tonight and then pack up and head that way. We'll be there early tomorrow morning. Get some stuff done. Maybe we can get out, meet up tomorrow night. We'll see. Uh, fuck your car. Ride a moped. So um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know. Like, touch the flower. Is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you fuck, dude. Oh, boy. Wah, wah, wah.